the 180th edition of the Four Corners Podcast starts right now. From the Basketball Podcast Network, this is the Four Corners Podcast. We win! 54 to 53, North Carolina did it! North Carolina wins the championship! With 20 seconds left to play, goes back to Michael Jordan, jumper from out on the left, good! Fred Brown looking, right away to Worthy! Worthy five! The Tar Heels are going to win the national championship! Weber front court, Carolina with foul, he takes the timeout, they're out of timeout! Technical foul! Technical foul on Michigan! They're out of timeout! And the party is ready to begin on Franklin Street. Gets it back out to head. Long outside shot. Short rebounded. May! It's over! Carolina has won the national championship! 89-72. And how about them Tar Heels? They are the national champions. Pump fake for three. Too strong on the shot. That's it! The Tar Heels are the national dadgum champions. Love guarded by Keels, gets a screen, pulls up for three. Got it! Caleb runs straight away! Here are your hosts, Josh Marlowe and Anthony Pagnotta. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Four Corners Podcast. We are powered by Carolina E-Logical Services. Josh and Anthony, we're back with you guys once again today, getting you ready for the matchup with the Ohio State on Saturday afternoon in the world's most famous arena, Madison Square Garden, as part of the 2022 version of the CBS Sports Classic. We're going to break down the Buckeyes. We'll get you up to date on everything you need to go about Carolina. Have a mini discussion about the heels and the importance of playing back in New York City. Give our keys to the game and much more. Uh, But we start every edition of a preview podcast, as we always do. With our pod thought of the day, which is brought to you by DraftKings. And we go to um, Roy Williams, <clears throat> former Tar Heel head basketball coach. And I don't believe I've used this one, but if not, well, I guess we'll just have to get over it because we're going with it anyways. Uh, Roy was one time quoted as saying as such, don't say I wish I had done that. Think about it and do it and um you know i think you know you look at this this tar heel team there's a lot of things that they probably wish they had done in the game against iowa state game against alabama indiana virginia tech and um you know coming back home huber davis said well now we're going to have some time to to practice and reevaluate some things and do some things differently so they had time to think about it. They went out and did something differently. And the results have been much better. You had a, a solid win over Georgia Tech to get your first ACC win of the season. And then you blew out the Citadel on Tuesday night in arguably Carolina's best all-around performance so far in a game this season. And it all leads to a really important two-game stretch for the Heels before Christmas, where if Carolina wins the next two, you get that record up to nine and four. You have two really solid wins on your resume. The feelings around this team will be a lot better 
than what we probably thought they would have been after that four-game losing streak as they enter that long layoff heading into that Christmas holiday. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt about that because you consider where things were at at the, after that four-game losing streak. I mean, a lot of people, you know, kind of to, to a certain extent, nationally, a lot of people writing this team off, basically saying if, if they were one of the doubters that we knew it, if they weren't, that they should have seen it. Um, and, and I, I think, you know, it would show that, Hey, we just went through a, a tough stretch where we lost two neutral site games in, in a tournament that was extremely tough to begin with. Um, and an Iowa State team that, uh, you know, is, is playing playing pretty, pretty well. Um, you know, and then after that, I think just really the circumstances. And I, I'm the, the thing now, especially, you wonder if, Carolina had had a healthy Armando Baycott or healthy-ish at least Armando Baycott like they do now in that game against Virginia Tech does that game even go remotely the same way probably not so I, I think that this is your stretch to sort of I'm not going to say completely wipe that away because you can't but it will definitely take the sting out of that losing streak it will really push that to the back of people's minds, at least for the time being. And, you know, especially if you can build off of that in conference play um, for, you know, your, your tournament resume. And it, it feels like, look, this stretch coming up for Carolina, it's tough. There's no doubt that you got two really, really solid teams. But I think both of these games – are very winnable for Carolina, especially the second one, considering it is in Charlotte against a Michigan team that I think is the the, the worst of the two teams that you're going to play. But I do think that this Ohio State game is also gettable. Um, I, they faced some tough tests early on in the season that they've lost. But I also think that th this is an Ohio State team that is maybe not as dominant as we thought they could possibly be this season. So Carolina's got an opportunity here uh, in this game in Madison Square Garden to sort of prove that, look, we've had two really successful games, and that was only the start of us beginning to show you why we were the preseason number one ranked team in the country. Yeah, let's focus on the Buckeyes. They enter with a 7-2 and two record overall, so rather solid. Uh, they have wins over, at the time, ranked uh, uh, a, a, a two, uh, the, the number 21-ranked Texas Tech Red Raiders, but both of their losses came to number 17, San Diego State. That was back in the Maui Invitational, and they lost to Duke when Duke was ranked 17th. In the ACC Big Ten Challenge, also while they were in Maui, uh, they blew out uh, Cincinnati 81-53, to which stings a little bit because we all know that Cincinnati is coached by former Tar Heel uh, Wes Miller, a guy that was, you know, being considered for the Carolina vacancy after the retirement of uh, Roy Williams. Um, they have four players averaging double-figure scoring led by Zed Key, 14.3 points, 8.7 boards. He's shooting 70% from the field, 36% from three. 
Bryce Simpson ball, uh, 14.1 points, 3.2 boards. He's shooting 49% from the field, 50% from three. Then you have Justice Suey, who's averaging 12.7 points, 4.8 boards, two assists. Uh, he's shooting 41%. Then you have Sean McNeil, uh, 10 points uh, on 45% shooting and 36% shooting from behind the arc. Their offense is the ninth-rated offense, according to sports reference uh, college basketball. So a little bit different uh, than what you see from Kencom, but their rating of, of a one point or a 117.1 is ninth best out of 363 Division One college basketball teams. Um, opponents are only averaging 20 and a half uh, defensive rebounds per game which is just fifth fewest in the country. Um, the, the, they, they are an AP top 25 team, given that the fact that they've played so many ranked opponents and they've, they've held their own, all things considering the teams they've played and where they've compared them. And, you know, Chris Holtman's done, let, let, let's call it a solid job at Ohio State. Uh, I'm pretty sure that people in and around the program probably want more things from that from from Ohio State because they are they are a rare program that as much history and tradition they have on the gridiron you could say a lot about what they've done on the basketball side of things as well their their history and tradition of winning big 10 championships and going to the final four and playing for national titles dates all the way back to the 1960s and you know, upon the the retirement of Thad Mata and stuff, they've they've just really struggled to to get back to that level. Um, they 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 put together solid regular seasons. They were a two seed in the tournament a year ago. They got bounced by fifteen seed Oral Roberts in that in that NCAA tournament. The thing that probably stands out the most about Chris Holtman's team, though, is they're going to bring a level of physicality that. Even though Carolina's played a Big Ten opponent on the road in Indiana, Ohio State's a different breed. That's you know that's his bread and butter from his days at Butler when he took over after Brad Stevens left for the NBA, um, and that Butler program went through a, a time of transition. It was efficient offense with the three point ball being you know really you know utilized and a physicality on defense, and so. Given the fact that this team is, they've got some experience and they've already played three top 25 opponents, Carolina is going to be in for a different challenge on Saturday than some of the ones they've seen already this season. Seeing, you know, a, a, a top five team right now in Alabama on the, uh, you know, in a neutral environment or seeing a Big Ten team like Indiana on the road. Yeah, I mean, yeah, th this is the thing. I mean, Alabama is probably about as close as you're going to get in terms of the physicality aspect. But yeah, I mean, Carolina has been rebounding the ball a lot better here over these last two games. But this is going to be your test right here because this isn't a team that's going to let you be as dominant on the glass as so th the last two teams have been. Um, look, you you probably, I mean, it's possible for you to still be that dominant. You need Armando Baycott to go back to being the Armando Baycott that we saw in the NCAA tournament last year. But 
I, I think, you know, this is a game that Carolina's got to be prepared for a much tougher fight on the glass than they've had in each of the last two games. And that's been a big issue for Carolina. Um, you know, e- even the other day, they did allow, you know, a, a decent amount of offensive rebounds to the Citadel. So this is something that they have to they, they have to be weary of going into this game. They need to be prepared that they are going to have, you know, a lot of different things thrown at them on that, you know, end of the floor when it comes to rebounding the basketball. It's just, it's all about positioning. And again, you need everybody to be involved because we've seen the success over these last two games has involved everybody. It's been the guards getting uh, you know, crashing the glass. It has been Dontre Styles in the last game contributing off the bench and giving you some good rebounding presence. All those guys, once again, will have to be a big part of what Carolina wants to do if they ultimately want to win this game against a team that, as you mentioned, probably ranks up there with the most physical that you have seen so far this season. And that's saying something considering you've seen some pretty physical teams to this point. Yeah, and, and I think I think Carolina's really starting to embrace playing a physical brand of basketball. It wasn't something that came to them very naturally last year. Brady Manick called them out a few times for them not having a level of physicality that you that, that that's required to win at the level we want to win at. Um, there aren't many finesse teams that get to the Final Four, play for national titles uh, in this day and age. Um, so Carolina's got to bring their hard hat to work and and be ready to, to to play hard for 40 minutes. Let's now transition to the Tar Heel side of things. They come in with a seven and four record overall, currently unranked, and that's probably going to stay like that unless they string together a, a a a lot of wins here moving forward. But they have won back to back games after that four game losing streak. They do have four players averaging double-figure scoring, led by Caleb Love at 18 points, 4.2 boards, 3.4 assists. He's shooting 42% from the field, 29% from three. So you really saw those numbers with a nice bump after his performance against uh, the Citadel. Armando Baycott, second on the team, 16.4 points, 11.3 boards. He's shooting 54%. R.J. Davis, 15.2 points, 5.2 boards, three assists, 42% shooting, 29% from three. And then you have Pete Nance, the last guy to average double figures, 13 points, 6.4 rebounds, 53% from the field, 40% from three. Carolina, I mentioned this was the – this is the CBS Sports Classic. The Heels are five and three all time in the event including 2-0 and in the two previous times they've met Ohio State in this event. They're 12-3 and all times against the Buckeyes, but the last time they met, ACC Big Ten Challenge back during 2019, a 74-49 loss for the Tar Heels. Um, and I mentioned this game is being played in Madison Square Garden, the world's most famous arena, the Mecca of basketball. Uh, this place isn't, <laughs> excuse me, too unfamiliar for the Heels. They've played in both versions of the Garden. Uh, they're 29 and 11 all time. 
Um, Hubert Davis spoke after the game on Tuesday against the Citadel leading up to the game that, you know, this is the first time Carolina's played in the building since 2010. Um, and the first time they've, they've played since the billion-dollar renovations, the, the arena went under a decade a decade ago. The importance of UNC playing in, in the Garden, having a presence on that stage, mainly from a recruiting aspect, having them in that building does a lot of things. But when you look at the, the history and the lineage of Carolina basketball, there's a lot of ties to New York. That's how Frank McGuire built his program in the 1950s that really put Carolina basketball and college basketball on the map in the Tar Heel State and the South uh, overall. And then just so many great players, you know, over the years, Matt Doherty from up there in New York, Dexter Strickland, a recent guy to come from up there. Carolina, you know, R.J. Davis is from New Jersey. And, and you know, so a uh, 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 a, a city very close in proximity to New York. What do you think about Hubert Davis kind of mandating this and pretty much saying that as frequently as we can go back there, we're going to go back there because this was a, you know, Carolina played there a lot under Coach Smith. Roy Williams would go there a lot of times for the NIT or Jimmy B Classic, which Carolina will be a part of next year. But pretty much this is something where Hubert Davis has said no matter what it takes, what event it's going to be, Carolina's going to be in New York because he wants his guys to have that type of exposure and on that stage. I, I mean, I look, I, I think any time that you can go into an area of the country that is as successful at producing talent like New York is, you always want to do it. And the other thing is, is that, look, when you play at Madison Square Garden, you always know that it is going to be a significant game. It is going to be on one of the major television channels. You're going to have a lot of people in the building. So, yeah, it, it's always a great idea to go and play there. I mean, look, personally, as as fans of New York sports, we, we love, you know, the Garden is a historic spot. And that's the other thing about it, too, is you always, as, as a coach, you want to give your players experiences. That's something that Hubert Davis has talked so much about, is I want them to have the, say, the experiences that I had. And as you mentioned, that was a place where Carolina frequented under Dean Smith. So, yeah, I, I, I think... It's always good when you can go to these sort of historic basketball venues. You know, it, it. I mean, one of the things that we love so much about when the ACC tournament is at the Greensboro Coliseum is just how historic the venue is. Well, Madison Square Garden is the same way. I mean, there have been just unbelievable amounts of important events that have taken place there. Just, you know, basketball uh, I, I think has has plenty of them, but you know, just the overall events that have been there, it's just a, a great experience whenever you go there. I have never been there, which is something that I am hoping to check off my bucket list here sometime soon. But I think that it's it's a smart move to go into that area of the country where so much talent uh, is, is produced year in and year out. 
and to just sort of remind people that hey, we're Carolina basketball, and you know we're we're we we want you to see what what we are able to do with your own eyes. I I think it's all always a great recruiting tool, and I think that's part of the reason why you're seeing them be involved in this CBS Sports Classic, where you're going there, you're going to. Chicago, where there are there there is also a good collection of talent. You're seeing them go all across the country to these big cities that have a lot of really talented players inside of a, a, a big population. Well, and I think also this is just another way example of Hubert Davis putting his stamp on the program. Um, that's something he talked about a lot when he got the job and leading up to his first year was that he's got to lead it with his personality and he wants his guys. He played in New York. He knows what it's like to play in big games in that building. It's basketball at its absolute finest. And, and so I think that's just another thing that, that, that this really just, you know, really exemplifies. Um, and, you know, he talked about he wants his – players and the team to soak in the experience of getting to play on the biggest stage there is in basketball because there's going to be a buzz in the crowd on Saturday on Saturday afternoon because there always just is in the garden. Doesn't matter who's playing there with the time of day. There's an electricity that really just can't be matched, not just in any, you know, basketball arena around the country. And just about any venue in sports. That's just that's just how special that place is. Um, and so I'm excited to see Carolina on this stage starting this year and for years to come. Well, with that, guys, we're going to take a quick break. We'll get you this week's ad from DraftKings. And when we come back, more thoughts, more take, uh, or, or and uh, more, we'll give our keys to the game, pick the game and more on this edition of the Four Corners podcast back after this message from DraftKings. The NBA season is heating up, and there are still so many games coming up. Like if you're a local fan of the Charlotte Hornets, the 76ers are in town. The Minnesota Timberwolves are in town. Or if you're a Knicks fan like me, there's a lot of games coming up as we get ready or as we continue to make our way through the NBA season where you can make plenty bets on the association. When I'm looking to get in on the action, I bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money lines on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Check this out, guys. Right now, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to DraftKings. Go, go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, place a same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, total rebounds, and more. The more the more you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win. So whether you're betting on just a straight up win, or how many you know threes Steph Curry is going to have, or how many rebound uh, rebounds Joel Embiid is going to have, you can place all those bets and parlays at DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TBPN. Place a five dollar pregame money line bet on any on on any NBA team to win their game and get a one hundred and fifty dollars in free bets if they do. That's promo code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions do apply. See show notes for details. 
We really hope you guys have been taking great advantage of these great offers on the Four Corners podcast, Heel Tough Blog podcast. Get to DraftKings, use those promo codes, make smart bets, get some extra money. That way you can be, you know, the father of the year, the mother of the year, brother, sister of the year, whatever, come Christmas morning. Let's dive into our keys to the game really quickly here. The first one I have written down is feed off Hubert Davis's emotions. And you're probably asking why. The head coach is going to be pretty emotional on, on Saturday afternoon. As I mentioned, he played for the Knicks. He played some of the biggest games of his basketball life on that floor. And this is his first time going back since he retired from the NBA in 2004. So not during his seven years at ESPN and nor his 11 years as or his nine years as an assistant with for, uh, for, for, for Roy Williams. Of course, last year, the heels never made it up that way either. Um, this is his first time back. And for a guy that spent so much of his time playing in that building for his first time back, there's going to be a raw emotion that we won't be able to necessarily describe, but it's going to exist. And I think the best thing this team can do is feed off of that because all he's going to do is tell you how great it is to make big plays on that court in that, in the, on that stage in that moment, the way the crowd's going to cheer for you, the way that, you know, everything's just different. And I think that if Carolina can really bottle that up and use that to the good and not be overwhelmed by the moment that, it's going to be for their head coach and not feel the pressure to, to win and his, you know, quote unquote, come a homecoming of sorts. I really think if Carolina feeds off of that, they could maybe allow them to play a lot more free, um, not feel the, the pressure. And, and, and I think it really gives them an edge that just simply Ohio state doesn't have. This game should mean more to Carolina because their head coach is going back to a place that means a lot to them. And I feel like if they can come off, they can come out and play with that type of energy and that awareness and stuff, that's going to do, you know, wonders for this team and not only competing in this game, but giving themselves a legitimate chance to go out there and win. Yeah. I, I, I mean, you're, you're right. I mean, that's a huge element of this game is that this is the first time that Hubert Davis is going back to a spot where he had a, a, a ton of success and really loved his time in, in New York. I mean, again, we, we've talked about the guys that he has talked about taking things from. And remember that Pat Riley is a guy that he brought up. That, that he is going to take things from. So I think th this is th – there is going to certainly be emotion in this game. And, yeah, that sort of feeds into, look, you're not at home. And so far, away from home this season, you have struggled. There, there's, there's no way around that. So you have to find a way to – you know, uh, latch on to something else that can sort of take your focus off of whatever you have been doing for these games that you played away from the Smith Center. For this one, yeah, feed into what is, you know, going to be a game that Hubert Davis really wants to win. 
and you know play with that level of not yeah I, I wouldn't say desperation because that's not really where Carolina is at but you know play with a little bit of extra urgency in this game and you know it, look this is one of those games I think even more than the Michigan game if you come out and win this game then I think all those mumblings of man Carolina just is not you know they, they they're not a team that right now seems anywhere close to that team that we thought in the preseason. There's way too many flaws with this team, whatever. All those will go, I'm not going to say completely out the window, but a lot of those would be hush. Um, I think it's just, yeah, about really matching the intensity of, of Huber Davis and, and really matching the intensity of the team that you're going to see on the other side. I think you're right. I think this game definitely means more to Carolina but Chris Holtman, I, I think you said that he, he's done a solid job there. I think you you would say he's done a good job there. I, I really think that you know that that Ohio State job, while they've had success there before, it's a tough job because they are a team that you know knows that they are second fiddle to the football program on campus, and you know they've they've done some good things. But Chris Holtman has really gotten them back to where they were in the mid-2000s, uh, or in the mid-2010s, excuse me, um, where they were they were a, a, a really solid basketball team that year in and year out had pretty sizable expectations, that they wanted to compete to win the Big Ten just about every year. And I think now, you know, the door's kind of open in the Big Ten. Uh, I think Purdue is probably still seen as the favorite, but look, Michigan State is not as dominant as they have been. So they probably feel like this is their chance to capitalize right now. And, you know, getting a win over Carolina would be something that uh, would sort of boost them as they get ready to head into conference season. So I, I think Carolina, they, they just, they have to come out and play with, more urgency than they have played with so far this season in neutral side games. And if they do that, then they're going to have a chance to walk away with a win. The second key I have written down uh, is limit Zed Key's impact on the game. And that's going to be a challenge. Zed Key is, is one of the best one-on-one ISO guys that, that there is in college basketball. Um, they're, they're, it's, it's how Chris Soltman runs his offense. Everything is going to run through him. And I think one thing that Carolina's got to be prepared for is you would imagine that Chris Holtman and his staff watch the second half or, or the, you know, the middle part of the first half to about the middle part of the second half of that Virginia Tech game where Justin Mutz was the best player on the court. And they simply just had him isolated one-on-one Typically, it was against a guy like Pete Nance, and he just controlled the game inside and out with his scoring, his passing, his rebounding, and so forth. Um, this guy has the same ability to do just that, just like E.J. Liddell for them last year was a guy that they could run everything through and get big-time results out of them. Um, and so this has got to be something where – you know, Carolina's team defense has looked better against Georgia Tech and the Citadel. They've been more connected. Um, the, the, you know, the rotation better, communication better. 
the doubling, the trapping, the, the trapping uh, better. Um, this needs to be another step in that in, in that right direction because there's nothing more frustrating than when one guy simply takes over a game and beats you. It's happened once already this season in that game against Virginia Tech. It happened in spurts in the game against Indiana with Trace Jackson Davis, who's an All-American type of player. Jalen Josefina was also really spectacular. This has got to be an area where Carolina zeroes in, they're locked in, and they don't allow a guy, now albeit he's a great player, but they don't allow simply one guy to dominate and dictate the game on both ends of the court. Yeah, I, I mean, and look, you're you're you didn't even mention Caleb Grill, who also took over a game on Carolina that was completely unexpected. You know, I, I think the thing with him is Carolina's got they can't be stubborn. I mean, you got to get to a point where look, if he really is killing you, you have to go to Leaky Black earlier. One of the things that you brought up. When it came to Justin Mutz in that game, was why did Carolina not have Leaky Black switch on to him earlier in the game to try to take away a guy that look is a is a really good player, but is not a guy that should be dominating you the way that he did in that game. And look, Zed Key, I think, kind of fits that same mold. I mean, look, averaging fourteen point three a game, eight point seven rebounds, a, a good player, but it's not a guy that you should have completely take the game over on you. So it, it'll be interesting to see what Carolina does. I, I think you're you're looking for Pete Nance to sort of step up as well. But this is the challenge for this team. These last two games have been really, really good on the defensive end of the floor. And that's great for your confidence. Big part of that, though, is the teams that you faced – they are not the greatest shooting teams in the country this season. Both offenses came in struggling. So, you know, it, it helped get you in a little bit of a rhythm, but are you able to build upon that against a team that is going to be much more sound offensively, that is scoring the ball relatively well, is, is scoring just a little under 80 points per game uh, this season? I, I think that's going to be the challenge for Carolina. And and as you mentioned, they, they played some teams that play ISO ball so far this year. The one that comes to mind the most is Alabama. Carolina, I thought for the most part in that game, they handled themselves relatively well. They gave themselves a chance to stay in that game. And they had their chances in, in just about each one of those overtimes to win the ball game. This game, you, you've got a chance to face another team like that that isn't quite as strong rebounding the basketball, still a good rebounding team, but not the number one overall rebounding team in the country. And I think Carolina, you know, we'll, we'll see if they learn something from that game against Alabama in this one. The last key to the game I have written down, yeah, you guessed it, it's rebounding. Um, you look at what Ohio State does on the defensive end of the glass, where they just don't allow, you know, you know, they're they're just really good. You know, they're they're a really good, you know, defensive rounding of the defensive rebounding team. They don't they don't allow their opponents to establish 
you know, an offensive rebounding presence. And on the flip side, they do a really good job of, 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 of because of their physicality, you know, getting offensive rebounds. Um, they average 13 offensive rebounds per game. That's 31st best in the country. Um, you know, they're, they're right now averaging a plus 11 rebounding margin. This is a really solid rebounding team. Uh, another challenge for Carolina. Um, they've Carolina's won the rebounding margin the last two games. Um, but in that category right now, they're six and five, which usually if they lose five times in a year, I'm still pretty upset. They've lost it five times in just over the first month of the year. And, and so I think what they've really, if you look at the last two games, Carolina's controlled the board and they've controlled the game. They've dictated tempo. They've dictated pace. And that's a big reason why they've won the games in the fashion that they've won. They've got to match the physicality, the toughness that Ohio State's going to bring, but also the gang rebounding has to be there. Huber Davis has now got the phrase this year, it isn't a, a, it's not a Armando Baycott rebounding game. It's a UNC rebounding game. North Carolina has to rebound the basketball. And this is going to be a game where Pete Nance is four years in the Big Ten, needs to show up. Wasn't wasn't there on the rebounding, you know, for when Carolina needed it against Indiana, given their Mondo Baycott's health status during that game? He needs to be a factor. Leaky Black needs to be a factor. R.J. Davis, Caleb Love need to, need to be a factor. Guys coming off the bench need to impact the game in a positive way in this department. Because I feel like if Carolina wins the rebounding margin, and then and, and they win it. They're not going to double them up on the glass, but they win it and they control it by five boards or eight boards. I feel like we're going to like the result at the end of the day. Yeah, and and look, I, I said just a minute ago, this isn't Alabama. And they're look, they're not the number one team in the country overall in rebounding, but they're still 27th overall, averaging 40.3 a game. As you mentioned, really good offensive rebounding team. The more shocking thing to me is they allow the fifth least defensive rebounds to opponents in the country so far this year, 20.4 per game. And, you know, part of that is how well they shoot the ball, but the other part of it is they just beat teams to the basketball. And that's the thing that is a little concerning about this game because, look, Carolina, they've been beaten by teams so far this year that are not great rebounding teams. I, I get it. Armando Baycott was out of the game. There, Carolina had no business getting out-rebounded in that game against Virginia Tech. They didn't. And yet they were dominated on the glass the entire day. Um, I, I think with Armando Baycott in the lineup, it's hard to imagine that they're going to struggle anywhere near that bad. But look, Armando Baycott's been in the lineup in games where Carolina has lost the rebounding battle. So we'll, we'll see. I, I think it's like you said, it's a team effort. And you're going to need – you need your guards, too, to step up. We saw in the game against Georgia Tech, R.J. Davis was fantastic on the glass. He had a double-double. And we've seen moments like that from Caleb Love as well. I think you need it from the bench guys, too. You, you've seen some good things at times from Puff Johnson on the glass. Nobody's questioning, you know, how hard he plays and, and, and the tenacity that he has to go get a rebound. 
So you need to see that. And you want to see Dontre Styles carry over his performance from the other day. But you mentioned it. The guy that I think you have to keep an eye on is Pete Nance. He had seven rebounds the other day. That kind of went under the radar. But for him so far this year, it's a really solid performance. And you could live with that for the rest of the season. If you can get seven from him, and then if you can have somebody off the bench, like you saw from Dontrez, if that's Puff Johnson and they're switching on and off, whatever, you will take that in a heartbeat. But you, you in this game, it feels pretty crucial to get that done. And again, much like the other teams that Carolina has played recently, and this one to an even bigger extent, they, Ohio State, they don't have a super dominant rebounder. I mean, Zed Key, 8.7 a game, really, really solid number, especially for a guy that's 6'8". But only him and trying to do the quick lineup here in terms of the actual stats. Isaac, uh, likely, uh, I, they're, you know, both of those guys, yeah, they, they've had – you know, they, they've had nice success so far this year, averaging over six rebounds per game. Nobody else on the team uh, averages over five rebounds per game. So it's very spread out production. So, yes, everybody has to step up for Carolina. And I think the other thing that you have to do on your end, you've got to get some offensive rebounds as well. You've got to create some of those second chance opportunities. Give Armando Baycott those extra opportunities to finish inside. Carolina's done a good job of that the last couple of games. And we'll we'll see if if they can carry that over against a team that's going to be, as I mentioned a a little while ago, the most physical team that they're probably going to see so far this season. The Heels enter with just a 41.4% chance to win the game. According to ESPN's college basketball matchup predictor, when these two teams meet on Saturday at 3 o'clock, I think Carolina's going to win the game. And this isn't, you know, me homering up because if Carolina hadn't looked good in the last two games, I would have probably picked them to lose because I knew the way they were playing to start the year, they were going to get beat at some point. It was sooner rather than later. And coming off that four-game losing streak, it was important that we saw improvement. And we saw massive improvements in those two games and a lot of momentum that I think is going to start carrying over and I think Carolina is is becoming more the team we've seen the last two times on the court than the team we saw lose four in a row. Don't think it's going to be a blowout by any means, even though Carolina has done that to Ohio State in this event. I think this will be a game that Carolina is going to have to grind out. They're going to have to play for 40 minutes. But this is where that experience from last year's run to the national title game pulls, you know, shows up. This is where offensive rhythm becomes, you know, now that you have some of that, it'll make it easier for you to get the, you know, the buckets that really determine the outcomes of the game. But I do think Carolina wins on Saturday and secures their first signature win of the season. Uh, Yeah, I, this one, this one's probably the toughest one so far this year to pick. 
Um, momentum wise, I would say, yeah, there's no doubt about it, but I think Ohio state is a very solid team as well. I'm going to, I'm going to pick Carolina though, in a close one. And the reason why I'm going to is because I think the one thing that we didn't really talk about here, but that we talked about a ton in the recap podcast was the ball movement. Carolina had 24 assists on 32 made baskets the other day. Coming into the game, their their highest assist total of the season was 17. So that was by far their best performance of the year. I I just think that's the one thing that I think can carry over for this team. And I also think that with that, you're going to have the open shots. You're going to have a team that is in rhythm coming into this game. I think that shooting carries over. I, I think Carolina shoots well from beyond the arc. I don't think they hit 15 threes like the other day, but I think Carolina shoots pretty well from beyond the arc. I like, you know, I think the best thing that happened during that off week for Carolina was that Armando Bacon had some time to get healthy. I think him being, you know, healthier than he was is – an, an important part of this game as well. And I think that's the thing. I think Carolina early on will play inside out. And and look, Zed Key, heck of a player. He's 6'8". Put that ball inside, let Armando Baycott go to work. And the other thing is, I, I like Carolina's ability to get to the foul line. We didn't talk about that really at all from the game against the Citadel. Carolina got there 27 more times. They are doing that game in and game out. And I love that aggressive mindset. Now you got to make your free throws when you get there. Carolina's had some moments this year where they've been a little inconsistent with that, but I think Carolina gets to that free throw stripe again. I think they have another solid shooting night from beyond the arc. And ultimately it all comes back to what I think will be another really good night moving the basketball. I think that was the biggest focus for Hubert Davis and his staff during that off week. And I think Carolina finds a way to get their biggest win of the season in Madison Square Garden against Ohio State. No matter if the Heels win or lose on Saturday, we'll have you covered on HeelToughBlog.com where you can find a preview for the game. A recap will be posted night of as well. You can also go back and check out uh, the takeaways from the win over the Citadel. If, if you need to get caught up on what happened in that game, there's also some news on the on the website regarding football. New offensive line coach, new offensive coordinator, a commit to the 2023 class. Find out who all those guys are and what they're bringing to Mac Brown staff as the football program is preparing for a bowl game before they transition into another very important offseason. As for the podcast guys, you know where to find us. Uh, every major podcasting platform, simply search the Four Corners Podcast and we will pop up. We encourage you guys to rate and review the podcast, but more importantly, we want you to hit that subscribe button. That way you don't miss any game preview, any game recap throughout the remainder of the season. Well, with that, it is going to wrap up this edition of the show. Uh, I want to thank you guys for listening. Uh, thank Anthony for hosting with me. And as always, go Tar Heels. It just doesn't get any sweeter than that!